Moving on to the virtue of love, um, we see the greatest uh, the greatest love is seen in the Trinity. The bond that the Father and Son and Holy Spirit have is perfect love. And it's one of the reasons the church fathers give to the reason why there's three is because love unto itself would be not love. Love has to have an object. The father has to have a son. Um, and my speculation is to overcome jealousy was the third. <laughs> there's not a jealousy between the three. The father doesn't love the son more than the Holy Spirit. You don't feel slighted. Perfect. So this is the this is the the greater icon of love for us, the Trinity. Um, and it's that love that God has given to man, that divine love that He gives to us, uh, that is that connects them. We see that love of God uh, in creation, uh, as we said before. We were talking to Dorothy, and Dorothy was saying that the, the very good, there's only one not good in that Genesis passage. Not good was man was alone. That was not good. So when man and woman come together, that's, that's very good. That's very interesting how that comes about. Um, so we see his love in the, in, 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 he, he, his creation is, uh, act of love. All that he made, the universe, all of it, all that we have is an act of love. Um, I think you can sometimes, well, you can feel that when you take a walk in a beautiful place or just quiet in the backyard or something, you feel that God loved us so much he gave this to us. But there's really a love in creation that we can experience. Um, and the greatest love he gave to us is in the incarnation and in our union with him in baptism as we spoke of the greatest love. Um, he laid down his life for us, his friends, he says. Um, so this is the kind of the pinnacle of our love. This is our the high love that we see uh, between Father, Son, Holy Spirit, his gift to mankind uh, in creation, his love for man, his incarnation, his union with us in baptism, uh, all are acts of the love of God. Um, so I want to take a look at the three aspects of love, uh, agape, eros, and phila, love. Because I think we talked about that. Mother Melania mentioned this a bit last the other day, but I think this is important for us to see because I think it gives us uh, a fuller understanding of love. So it's just not we just because we have one word, but these this love is has different aspects, and I think it's important for us to see this. So let me just read a couple of uh, explanations, and then we can talk about. The first definition of love as agape is love as the action of perfect goodness for the sake of the other. 
This is the most basic meaning of love, to do everything possible for the well-being of others. God himself has this love as very content of his being in life. For God is agape. It is with this love that spiritual persons must, uh, must love first of all. So uh, give me examples of agape love. Service. Service. An act for others. Huh? Sacrificially, an act of sacrificial acts. A mother giving birth to others. Mm, yes, the Eucharist. God's love for us in that way. We agape love toward the goodness of the other. His love for us as a sacrificial lamb. Loving the other, the difficult other, the difficult other. <laughs> Do you have difficult others? <laughs> We'll get to that. So agape love, it's an important thing that we, I, I mentioned it, it, just love as goodness. Love as goodness. It's just, it's, it's that, that's, it kind of comes out of us as goodness to the other. To do the good thing, to do the sacrificial thing, to be looking at the other, to, to be able to let that kind of flow out of us. Okay, let's take a look at the next eros. The second definition of love as eros is love for the sake of union with the other. Erotic love is no sin when it is free from sinful passions. It can be the utter, utter, utterly pure desire for communion with the other, including God. All spiritual writers have insisted that such love should exist between God and man as a pattern of all erotic love in the world between husband and wife. Thus, the spiritual writers and spiritual fathers who have used the Old Testament song of songs as a poetic image of God's love for man and man's love for God. So, eros is love uh, for the sake of union with the other. Now, um, so I want to make a comment here because I think it's important. Um, says, all spiritual writers have insisted that such love should exist between God and man. I think one of our problems with this love is that it so quickly gets associated with sex. Erosex. We, we move it right to that spot when it's not, that's not the high bar, right? What's the high bar? This between man and God. This sense of being totally united to, the, to your creator. Totally united to creator. And, and so, as we, as we understand that within the context of marriage, sex has an uh, important, uh, uh, important role, but it's not the highest role that it that plays in the relationship. The best part of a relationship is that you're united soul to soul and that, that that's, as, as God is united to man and we're united to each other, that's how we should be united. And that's the high bar. It, it's, it, it, it's, it's uh, for us, you know, we hear it in the saints. Um, they got married and they decided to live the rest of their life as brother and sister. Huh? Well, I'm just saying, but it's, no, there's married saints that did that. 
that married, there are married saints that didn't do that. Yeah, they, they, there were married saints that did not do that. No, but they had children. They had children. They, children, no. They, they, they had children. They lived the life that way. But what I'm, what I'm, what I'm, what I want to emphasize here is that for us to see eros as union of souls, and it doesn't need to include sex, and that's it, it's such an important aspect of understanding the high bar. You know, I, I, the other day I was I was wa- I was um, driving over to the church, and this old couple takes this walk all the time. You know, nine years old, holding hands, eros, eros, union. It's the high bar. It's up there, and 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 I I I think that we just have to be able to 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 allow ourselves to believe that, to believe that we can do that, because we've kind of lived in such a a society that kind of demands somehow that there's the sexual union is the high bar in marriage. Well, eros, soul to soul, is the high bar in marriage. And when when certain people get that, they 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 just say, well we don't need that other component right now. Because we're united. Soul to soul. And um, again, I'm not saying that that's kind of what everybody should be doing, but I'm saying that that's a bar we need to understand exists and is important to look at, uh, look at somehow, somehow moving toward. See. If we can be united soul to soul and, and, uh, and have that eros together, possi- possible, our, uh, the high bar possibility. Ellie? Why then, you know, you don't, you, we don't understand then why so many broken relationships because somehow this isn't achieving it. And somehow, too, this idea that we can have friends with benefits and then we can change friends when we aren't friends anymore and how that actually is destroying the ability of the soul to experience eros. It can't, it's been so tarnished and torn up by its expectation of eros and it's not found in the sexual union. Uh, I would just say it's not found in the sexual experience. Somehow that has to be it. This is eros for me. And, and the Lord is saying, no, the, the higher level is this is between you and God and between you soul to soul. This is based on sex. You would have a couple things in mind. Yeah. Father John, any other thoughts or comments? It's just an, it's very important for us to get that because the society is as C.S. Lewis says, uh, sexual happiness has gained a preposterous position of authority in our society. And we have to be careful that that we need to pull that down and say that's not the highest form of love. It's an aspect, but it's not the final highest form. It can be self-serving, yeah. Yes, exactly. And that's, you know, Father, this is Hopko's book. He said, uh, erotic love is no sin when it's free from sinful passion, which is selfishness. 
one of them is Joseph. So it could be, you know, it's just, it's, it's important to understand that we use that term and it's, we need to see the spiritual aspects of that term and see that to, as the high bar for us so we can be raised to it a bit. Um, then uh, the third type of love is a, a philia. Phila, this also should exist between man and God. Man has no greater friend than God. And God himself wants to be man's friend, according to the scriptures. The very purpose of the coming of Christ was to dispel all enmity between God and man and to establish the co-working of creator and creature in the fellowship of friendship. So this aspect of love becomes, uh, I think, important to us not only within the context of a marital relationship, but in, in regard to just who we are as a church family. That this is about friendship. This is about uh, doing for the other. Ch choosing to love in a filial way the other as friends. To be friends to the other. To step out in that direction. To befriend people. To be a friend to other people. So this is these all together kind of help form, uh, I think, a better understanding of what love is. Love as goodness, love as union, love as friendship. So I think it helps a bit in that those are all, if we can keep that up at the high bar, I think it helps us understand a little bit more about these things. Any thoughts or questions about those? Okay, man's desire, man toward God. How do we, how are we to love God? And heart, mind, soul, and strength. And I, so to, to love with all your heart, what, how do you love God with your heart? What is the, what is that emotion, what's the emotional, and I'll use that term, we'll, we'll kind of define it, the emotional energy we need to have to love with our heart. Desire, desire, I desire, I desire him. I desire that, that, that becomes, again, we talked about that in purity, but a desire, a, a, a hunger, right? A hunger, a thirst, a desire for him. And that kind of motivates the heart, motivates the day, keeps us moving in that direction. I think that that becomes very important to us. Um, to love your the Lord with all your mind. How do you love him with your mind? Foremost in your thoughts. Bring all thoughts into the, the, uh, the captivity of the obedience of Christ. We always think about that and I always go, if I could move Christ right next to that thought, how, how, does, that, how, does, that ma how does that thought match up to him? Oops, I don't think that matches up very well. Better get rid of that one. Match it. Match it. Very, very critical for us. Um, the church's uh, St. Nikolai, the Lameritus, encourages us to see prayer as the guide to the mind. 
if you think about it, when you pray the prayers of the church, what's it doing? You even There's a prayer that says, set aright your mind. The prayer brings your mind into the things you should be longing for, the things you should be praying for, things you'd be hoping for. And who, you ho- who, your, who your hope is, it brings your mind into the right places. That's why I think prayers and, uh, un- and memorizing the prayers are so important to us. Uh, you know, the, be- the beautiful prayer to me is the prayer of the hour. Thou at all times and every hour, both in heaven and earth. The, the prayers are, v- uh, this, this, uh, the first part of the prayer is kind of sets who, who is, who, who am I praying to? Who is God to me? And then what should I be asking? What should I be longing for? And then a very simple benediction. So thou at all times and every hour, both in heaven and earth, are worshipped and glorified Christ our God. Long-suffering, plenteous in mercy and compassion. He loves the just and shows mercy to sinners. He calls all men to salvation through promise of the good things to come. Be thou the same, Lord. Receive also supplication this present hour and direct our minds according to thy commandments. Sanctify our souls, purify our bodies, set aright our minds, and cleanse our thoughts. Deliver us from all calamity, wrath, and distress. Compass us round about with your holy angels, so guarded and guided by their hosts, we may attain to the unity of the faith, the comprehension of thine ineffable glory, and to ages of ages. Amen. Did that set your mind in a good place? Just kind of, here's where I should be. Here's who I pray to. Here's what I should be praying. If we can get that idea that our prayers are setting our minds in a good place, that, that would be very, very helpful. Uh, no, the will is a separate uh, entity of the soul. So, uh, we'll talk about that. Um, St. Nikolai divides is the heart, the will, and the mind. He puts those three things separately. All a part of the soul. Um, so the soul, what's the soul do? We even we sit and say it in the Psalms. It should do one thing. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. That's what it should just reach in that direction. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Reach for God, my soul. That's where our soul should be going. And the strength. The will. Give me a strong will. Give me a strong will. And so that I can choose the right things to do and resist the wrong things. It's very critical to us. So we love God with all our heart with our mind, our soul, and our strength. So our love for man to man, we are all, we're, it's important to love, as we all know, love neighbor. God said, love your neighbor. As who? As yourself. So if I love myself, I love my neighbor. Okay, so this, this is a... Um, spiritual axiom that we should do all things to the to the glory of God and the benefit of the us 
That's the will of God for me. In fact, that's what we should be determined that. If I'm working in a place or I'm doing certain things, I'm looking for certain things, am I doing this to the glory of God and the benefit of the others? Then I'm okay. If I'm being in a place and working in a place where I can't do that, that may not be the will of God for me. But we're to love our enemies. That's the higher bar here, right? He says, love your enemies. So how do we do that? St. John of Cronkite said there's eight things you can do. <laughs> I love this. Eight things. Because his comment on this verse was that it's very hard to go from hating to loving. <laughs> People are going, yes. I hate that guy. Okay, love him. How do I, how do I get from this to that? Okay, he says there's ways. You can't go all at one time. He says, first, don't begin with the injustice. Don't think about the injustice between you. you got to get to see that, that thought out of my, I can't be thinking that way. I can't go there. I'm done with that. That's an out-of-bounds thought. Uh, don't vindicate yourself like I'm right and he's wrong. Don't play that game. You may be right. It may be wrong, but don't play that game in your mind. Let God take care of that one. And don't retaliate. Don't think about retaliation. If I see them again, I know exactly what I'm going to say. And I'm going to win the argument. I can't wait. I'm in, in the middle of the night. I know exactly what email I'm sending them on. Don't do that. He says, don't do that. No unjust, don't think of the injustice, don't vindicate yourself, and don't think of retaliation. Then he says, give up more than the other will give up. Take the high road. Take the high road. Then he says this, don't hate him. <laughs> I love that. No hate. Hate's out of bounds. Even love him. Do him good. Pray for him. Can you do any of those? <laughs> My thing is, and, and, and the, the beauty of, th of this is that when you're in that place of struggling to love your neighbor, love your enemy, you can find one of these things you can do. One of them I forgot was this, be quiet. <laughs> you be quiet. Yes, Chuck. Focus on the positive attributes of the person, not the negative. Good. So we're adding to what St. John is saying. Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yes, Tim.
prayer, I think, is probably, you can st- everybody can start doing that. Um, and um, because it does soften the heart. And it's, it's interesting, if you pray for a considerable period of time for somebody like this, and then you see them again, something's different. Something in their heart has changed. And that's very, very important, I think. Prayer becomes very critical to us. I, I'll give you one other thing that has helped me is that uh, a couple things. One is for the people that uh, we struggle with, don't let them perish through me, it says. Don't let them perish through my hatred, it says. Don't let that happen. And have mercy on us. Us. Use the word, us. Not them, us. The end of your prayer. Have mercy on us. That becomes that keeps you in the in the ball game. It's like them over there that are bad and me over here that's good. Help me love the bad. No, have mercy on us. Dorothy said, Dottie says, if there's uh, somebody you know is a hypocrite and you pray that they not, they they stop being a hypocrite and they don't, uh, what do you do? You've been praying for them over and over again. What do you do? You know, the unjust judge, you know. He said, oh, that woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to give her what she wants. Lord said, if the unjust judge will do that, what will I do with your persistence? But I think, Dottie, too, the other thing is in what Karen said, it will change your heart toward the person to pray for them. And I would look at it not as, uh, give give it to God. Say, God, this is your thing, see? It's not in my time. It may be their deathbed. God may reveal something to them at a time that you don't even know. Time of maybe we may pass and they, it may happen to them later. But it's very important. And this is Father Dimitri, when we were at your house, Alex, said this to us. He said, this is a question. Uh, we pray and pray and pray and nothing happens. He says, every prayer that you pray goes into a grace bank. And God keeps that bank of grace there. And when the crack in that heart opens, guess what gets poured into that heart? The grace of all those prayers. See, it's not, it's not time yet. But I'm going to put more grace in that bucket. So when that heart opens, all that grace gets poured in. Yeah, it may be as, as best we can, the Lord says, we need to be at peace with all people, as best as, our, as, as we can make it, right? As we can make it. They may, they may not ever do that. Yes, Alex. 
<laughs> you, you, you don't want to hear it, Dottie. <laughs> it's his hypocritical, his hypocritical problems because of me. I need to repent. And it's, it's an interesting kind of juxtaposition that the saints can take in that. It's they, they see the sin of the other as actually a mirror to themselves. Is this may be something I need to repent of. Maybe there are things in me that I need to take care of. So it's, it's through seeing the sins of the other. In fact, uh, I, I wrote this down. Where'd it go? That we have to be very careful of, of, um, of looking at the sins of other people because it stops us from looking at ourselves. It guard our minds from looking out because it prevents us from looking in. So that's an act of the evil one. Okay, I'm having too much fun. All right. Um, oh, this is good. To love oneself. Mm. So this is this is a so this is a difficult position because it. Well, I'll just read this. To love. The love of neighbor as oneself is sometimes misunderstood. One should, of course, love oneself in the sense that one is faithful to God and grateful for his life. And certainly one should love oneself in the sense that he sees himself as uniquely important in the eyes of God, an object of God's own unfailing love and mercy. Thank you, Dottie. One should not hate oneself in the sense that they despise the life given to them by God, rejecting his own talents and gifts because he is envious of others. So we, we, don't, cre we don't create a hatred. Neither should one hate oneself for being a sinner, since as the Master teaches, such a self-hatred is only the subtle form of a more grandiose prize which vaunts a person to the stature of judgment greater than that of God. In other words, we can overjudge ourselves and become gods to ourselves. Like, I'm just a rotten person. In fact, it was uh, there's a there's a there's a prayer before communion that's written by Saint Simeon. He says he calls himself the he calls himself the thrice wretched. And somebody wrote me a note and ended it the thrice wretched. And I <laughs> wrote back, I said, don't use that term. You can't, you can't evaluate yourself that way. That's too much for you. In other words, we're, we're, it's almost a pridefulness that we're evaluating ourselves at the level God evaluates us. We've got to be very careful of that. So we can't get ourselves into that spot where we're, we're despising every part of our being because somehow we're so sinful and and, uh, and, and awkward before God. That's that, it, what the saints would say, that's just too high a judgment for us. Okay. For God himself is merciful and loving and forgiving. 
So we have to, I think, understand that uh, this idea of uh, to love oneself because we're in the image of God, uh, but we have to be very careful of kind of this self-esteem love that has been given to our kids that you, uh, Father Hopko said, we think well of ourselves for no good reason. <laughs> like it's a great. I'm in the image of God. I'm, I'm. I've been created. I've been given gifts by God. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. We should always be kind of tipping it in that direction. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God for what He has given to me. As soon as it gets into that, that kind of selfish place, where where we then. Uh, can very quickly be offended by any criticism, by, by any kind of correction at all, that something has gone wrong with that. Something is, is I, I am guilty of self-esteem, and I, I justify myself, I fall to self-indulgences, I fall to all the selves, right? Self-pity, so that's where we have to be careful. Okay, love ourselves in relationship to what God has given to us and be thankful. Keep it right there.